Hello and welcome to the conversation. I'm Hyle Russell. And I'm Josh Wallen. And we are live once again on DK Vine's Twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash DK Vine. We'll be checking in with the live stream as we go along. But the reason we're doing this episode, Josh, the whole reason we're here is because I have important news to share. And I wanted to do an episode about it, just kind of uh, in the middle of our regular schedule, because this will impact DK Vine. This will lessen the impact on the conversation itself, since I'm pretty regular getting the conversation out, no matter what my circumstances are. I've gotten fairly good at it over the past two years or so, but it will definitely impact the conversation in small ways, beneficial ways. And, of course, any of you who follow along with DK Vine on our main site at dkvine.com or on social media, or if you're a patron, you already know this. But if you just listen to the podcast, you may have missed it. So... I know I said I wouldn't make DK Vine my full-time job until I hit at least two grand a month with our Patreon, but circumstances have changed, and here we are, and here we go. Uh, As of this (laughs) week, DK Vine is now my only job, my only revenue stream as well, but my, my only obligation in the workforce so yeah this is a new era for dk vine and it's a wonderful way to sort of begin to wrap up 2023 for me i guess the first thing that comes to mind for me as i I, i'm kind of looking at this as from the perspective of like a dk vine fan which is Kind of funny because I've been on so many episodes of this podcast at this point, but but I but I still feel like that a lot. So I guess the, the from that perspective, the first thing that comes to mind is like, how the hell were you pumping out the kind of content and doing the kind of work that you were doing if this wasn't already your full time job? See, I I appreciate the flattery, Josh, but I always had a tremendous amount of guilt, shame, even. When, say, a big Donkey Kong or Rare-centric news story would break, and I wasn't at my keyboard ASAP, you know, uh, like, working the phones and what have you, because I would be somewhere else. I would be working uh, a side gig, um, some, some way to bring in the income while I tried to build something with DK Vine. Uh, I, I guess I should read I, I just pictured you standing outside of Swanky's sideshow when you said side gig. I Yeah, no, I, I meant side gig as in, like, you know, grading, or not grading, but uh, I, I've done that in the past, but, like, editing people's papers and what have you for money. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just really filthy work. But uh, I, I, I should recap my history with DK Vine, I guess, and, and how it came to this. And then I want to use this opportunity to discuss what my plans are as they currently stand for the future and what, what this means for 
readers of DK Vine, listeners of the conversation, patrons and non-patrons alike. So obviously I started DK Vine, co-founded it back in 1999 when I was but a misbegotten youth rather than the wayward adult I am now. And it originally just started because I was a huge fan of this nonsense for five years going since Donkey Kong Country came out. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie had put me over the moon, and I was beyond pumped and primed for Donkey Kong 64, which is going to be coming out November 22nd of that year. And I just could not sit by and let other people control that narrative. I had to get out in front of it and let people know that if you don't like Donkey Kong 64, you are nothing but a hate-filled internet critic. I remember that article well, yeah. (laughs) I was a bit off base there, because Donkey Kong 64 is kind of hot garbage at times. But... I was still excited about it. It was the game I was looking forward to up until that point. It, it was the game that I was the most hyped for. I had ever been hyped for anything in my short little life. So I, you know, started this site with my uh, friend Chad, who I'd met on the Nintendo message boards <laughs> of the day. And we were of like mind when it came to Rare and the shared universe nature of everything revolving around diddy kong racing so you know we started dk but it's kind of a side hobby you know what you do when you have a lot of free time as a kid when the world doesn't grind you down and the internet was new and exciting and it was like wait we, we can build our own website and and people will come to it and we can control what they think uh <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, that's all well and good. And I, I laid all this out in my article on DK Vine, like I- explaining uh, how this this has transpired. But basically, I feel like the site hung around in the early 2000s, even when I, you know, ostensibly became an adult when I entered college. It hung around as a coping mechanism, first and foremost, I, like, we never intended for DK Vine to be evergreen, to stick around. It was something we were doing until we grew bored with it. But then the rare buyout happened in 2002. And I feel like it, it, it was that. It was the realization that our childhood passions were no longer in the zeitgeist. And, and what did that say about everything we held dear? And just the general yeah. anxiety of reaching adulthood and, and all the scary new things you had to face and the world being just so uncertain. And so we, we kept it around because it was like this warm, comfy blanket. And it was clear that there was still demand for it. Like, I, I like walked away from the site, you know, for, for a bit, but it was clear that people weren't ready to leave it behind. So kept kept going i kept going and i never intended to keep doing it you know as as i grew older like i went out to los angeles i i started a a budding screenwriting career you know i i won an emmy like i wasn't supposed to be a donkey kong journalist josh but even as i gradually drift drift away from it in the mid to late 2000s i would always pop back in uh, when when gaming news would uh, pique my interest, and 
it, it was clear by 2010 or so that it had meant a lot to people. And so like mm-hmm. we were, we were just at the point where we had hit the 10th anniversary of DK vine. And it's like, wow, you know, this dumb thing I helped get off the ground when I was a kid still has legs. Is this my legacy? Is is this, is this what my <laughs> life is going to be summed up as? But 2010 also brought around the reveal of a new Donkey Kong Country game. And so with all the hype surrounding Donkey Kong Country Returns and just the the, the well of enthusiasm that bubbled up, I came back to the site full time. It was kind of a renaissance for DK Vine. And this was after I'd like left Los Angeles when I decided I didn't want to play that game. I didn't want to be a screenwriter. Um, you know, I didn't want to have to strike in 2023 for better wages and more protections. I I wanted to be my own boss. A very boss. big concern in 2009. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to be my own boss, Josh. I just didn't know what that entailed. And DK Vine just gave me something to kind of keep my mind off the uncertainties of what my future held. And mm-hmm. I watched then as a new generation of writers and personalities joined our ranks on DK Vine, most of whom are still with us today. It's amazing how long this group of people have hung together since then. You know, like the the, the staff that joined around the era of Duncan Country Returns are still with us. And what became a hobby eventually evolved into a full-time job and we you know had podcasts videos streams even merchandise and convention appearances and it was in 2016 around the time we launched the patreon i guess about a year after we launched the patreon that i realized you know there are ways to make money off of this i could actually maybe commit myself to making dk vine my career the only problem was there were still financial realities of my situation. And man, I couldn't just make that lateral move right away. I would have to continue to engage with part-time work, side gigs, other ways to make money to supplement my income while also churning out DK Vine content. And and so like I, I committed myself to this and I was like, all right, if I work really hard with DK Vine, eventually I will get the to the tipping point and I won't have to do anything else. And that meant a lot of 20 hour work days that, that meant like over the span of seven years, never taking a day off. Um, even the days I said I was taking off, I wasn't really taking off, Josh. I was working. I, I was I was like, I couldn't sit still. I would always have to be doing something or thinking about something as far as uh, the DK Vine or, or the, the conversation goes, right? And... Of course, yeah. That's And I, I just want to say that's like, this is all very relatable to me as somebody who has, you know also found a way to build a career on the internet because it's like there's there's no safeguard for it you know no. they're like the only way that you you're either gonna have to get really lucky you know or you're gonna have to like 
really struggle at it and make like put in ridiculous hours while making very little money for at least a while right. <laughs> before you can get anywhere. And I was never in the position where I could uh, make that commitment of, of bringing in very little money for right. the gamble, essentially, until now, uh, essentially. Um, what, 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 what is it in all those crypto ads? Fortune favors the bold. I, I don't think they're talking about Donkey Kong journalism, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to take Matt Damon at his word. I, uh, but yeah, like seven years of this, I developed chronic fatigue. I, I just abused my body to the point of, abhorrent exhaustion and and, you know in in my darkest moments like when youtube demonetized us because they thought that the conversation was a podcast we were just taking from elsewhere and putting online and it wasn't our own product um or like e3 messing up my press credentials and initially rejecting me before you know i was able to get it sorted but in my darkest moments i stop and ask myself if i was deluded if i was just tilting at windmills and not the one in uh conquer's bad fur day or even conquer's pocket tales because donkey kong journalism is a made-up feel that i made up and you know it's it's not the thing that your guidance counselors tell you to pursue in high school so (laughs) and you know and that's what we want to change damn it well and i'm an older millennial too right so I was of the, I think, the last generation. And, of course, you know, every everybody, depending on their upbringing or circumstances, might feel this pressure. But I, I was part of that last gasp of, this is what you have to do. You have to go to college. You have to get a four-year degree. You have to pursue your field, work your way up. Um, you know, the, the American dream. Um, it, it works, but you have to work hard from the moment you're out of the womb until you're at retirement age, uh, 401ks, IRAs. Uh, and whatever you do, don't join a union. Those are bad. Yeah. So, you know, this is instilled in me. And, and partially that's a good thing because it, I did, do have some sort of work ethic, but also like I had a lot of dark notions in the aughts because I knew I wasn't going to be following that because it wasn't for me. It, it was trying to put a square mm-hmm. peg in a round hole or a round peg in a square hole. Somebody's trying to peg somebody and it's not working. And I, I, I was like, I am going to be destitute. I am going to be just a complete failure. And event, now, now I know like it's all bullshit. It, it's all just a way to... I'm not going to go on a, on a rant about uh, economics here to you, Josh, but I, I, I realize now that that is a facade that was already crumbling around me, and I was just one of the few of my peers who could see it at the time. But I, you know, I, I would have these dark moments where I'd be like, this isn't going to work. This isn't working. I am going to be a failure. And then... There would be something that would buoy my spirits. There would be something that would lift me and keep me going. And like I said, even I suffer from bipolar depression too. Bipolar too, but still bipolar depression. So, you know, there there are days where I don't even want to get out of bed, where I'm just feeling so relentlessly bad 
that I just want to pull the covers up over me and shut shut off the world. But there'd be part of me that said, you have to turn out content today. You have to do something. You have to schedule the podcast. You have So I would keep going. Um, not the rise and grind mindset that all these influence, influencers tell you to pursue, you know, but I, I did love DK Vine and I did love the community and I wanted to keep going. So all that being said, I, I, I crunched the numbers earlier this year and I was like, you know, if I could hit two grand a month with the Patreon, then I could do this full time. Needless to say, I have not gotten to two grand a month, but in that time, uh, my circumstances have changed where I'm not paying uh, an inordinate amount of rent anymore. And I, I was looking at what I, like the time I could put into DK Vine if I didn't have to do anything else. And, you know, if I moved around money and came up with a financial game plan. And I was like, I, I could actually take this risk now devote myself fully to DK Vine, not have to worry about any other way to make money and grow the site organically that way rather than just on the promise of what I could do if I had the money and show people, hey, this is what full-time DK Vine looks like. And so here we are, Josh, and uh, welcome to the new era of DK Vine. Now, <laughs> I, I say all this, it's not like it's all... A fairy tale ending. Uh, like I said, I'm still kind of living very financially strapped at the moment. So if you do enjoy DK Vine, if you would like to support us on Patreon, please check us out at patreon.com forward slash DK Vine. It is our primary revenue stream at the moment, but uh, I'll never be wealthy and I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't want to be wealthy. That's not my goal. My goal is to do what I want to do be my own boss, pursue my passions, and share that with everyone else who also has similar passions. So, like I said, I think this is the best way to grow DK Vine as an outlet, news source, and entertainment channel. I have to have the time to do so first. So, I'm going all in. We'll see what happens. Well, you've got you've got a good co-host for this episode because a lot of that was very relatable to me, believe me. Yeah. Yeah. Um but. You've been an inspiration, Josh, personally, just just seeing how you've made it work. And of course, you are far less niche than I am. Not to say you you aren't a little niche. You you definitely Oh, I I wouldn't want to be at least I, I wouldn't want to be mainstream, man, you know. No. You you definitely like fulfill uh, a need, you provide a voice that isn't often heard in what you do. And, and that's why I'm a fan of yours, just organically, like even before we became friends. So I said, like, I was like, oh, man, if I, I, I could do what, if I had the time that Josh has, oh my God. <laughs> like, because, yeah, like doing a, a weekly podcast keeping up with news, doing one to two streams a week. It takes a lot of time, but if I if I could have my whole calendar cleared for this, uh, there's so much I want to do with DK Vine and so much I can do with DK Vine now 
that I, I'm almost overwhelmed by the possibilities. So, uh, I, 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 I want to <laughs> yeah, go. I get it. I want to go over some of it on this episode. I like, I don't have a full game plan yet because like, I, I don't want to just start with a full sprint right as the pistol fires. That is, that is something I wanted to sort of like tell you about as, as far as working from home and working from yourself and being your own boss. There's a lot of upsides, but like, You've also like it you've gotta you've gotta be able to strike like a work life balance, I guess. Like there have been times where I have done like you said, I've worked uh ten, twelve, sometimes fourteen hour days for way too many days in a row. And what I find when I do that is that like I come out the other end of it with like some really good stuff, but also with just so much burnout that I end up like kind of like not being able to work very consistently like for all the time that I made up by working so hard in the first place. So it's, I I guess what I'm saying is like, at least to me, at least in my experience, like it's better to be consistent and still take time for yourself. Yeah. And I'm already on empty, so I need to recharge my batteries a little bit. And that's why like, I didn't like, this is kind of the grand kickoff. This episode is kind of the grand kickoff, the new era for DK Vine. But it technically started this past Monday. But I've just been kind of taking it slow, right? Like, uh, a little bit more focus on news articles. I, we had we had a great kickoff to it because Ed Bryan uh, from Platonic, formerly of Rare, shared a document online that inadvertently revealed the existence of... One rare game we didn't know about back in 1998, and he knew not what he did. Yeah, it also shored up the, I guess, backstory to another rare game, and that wasn't the the point of him sharing this document. It was just look at look at these banjo kazooie doodles. Look at this prep work we had to do before E3 98. And it was just he didn't know what he was doing, but. uh, that was just a great way to kind of flex my muscles right as we began. And we will be doing a conversation on those revelations as well. It'll be after the Grab by the Ghoulies episode we're doing next. But yeah, it, it's just slow going for now. Like I'm I'm kind of taking it easy this week. I went hiking yesterday just to kind of you know, find my, my inner balance again and the the best ideas come to me when I'm just completely not trying, when I'm just letting my brain mm-hmm. idle, when I'm allowing the world to um, wash around me. That's when like the, the juices really start flowing. When I'm chained at my keyboard trying to produce content, that's when I really come out with my bad stuff. So <laughs> um, that that being said... And I want to give a shout out really quick to everybody tuning in live on Twitch. We got Malik. Hi, Malik. We got Freezer. We have um, Francis. We have uh, Fury Kong. We have Chris. Hello. 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 I'll tr- uh, Bluster Kong 1996 is there. I'll try to try to read your comments as we go. But. Here, here's what I want to do with DK Vine going forward. And this can obviously evolve, and I will adapt 
as time goes on, as, as we focus on what's working, what's not. But definitely, already, and we're already doing this, more news articles on a more consistent basis with a larger focus on everything concerning the DKU. Because I've been a lot more uh, stringent in the past. I've been a lot more stingy with what's worthy of a news article or not. So I would ignore, say, oh, Jack Specific is doing um, uh, new Donkey Kong releases that are exclusive at Walmart here in the United States. So I I would be like, well, that's not really worthy of a DK by news article because I don't have the time. So I'll share that on social media, but I won't write an article about it. But now, now, uh, why not? Like I, I I can do that. I, I have the time and ability to actually report on everything related to... Donkey Kong, Rare, and Platonic, as it happens. I want to make DKVine.com a true central hub for the DKU fanatic in getting their news. So you can, you know, delete all the other news sites from your phone and just go to DKVine. Because, you know, you, you don't you don't really care about Spider-Man 2, do you? <clears throat> no. Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for a sale, personally. <laughs> Definitely more streams. <laughs> more streams, obviously. And I'm saying that just because Twitch is one of the few platforms that hasn't arbitrarily demonetized or, or docked our pay. Um, obviously, Man, the- that, that, thing, that thing with YouTube becomes all, becomes all the more bullshit the more I hear about the, th- the kinds of actions that YouTube needs to take but just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll I'll, I'll, I'll circle back around to YouTube in a second. But- sure, sure. DK by Done Slow, my, my streaming series, it's been very irregular because I've scheduled it on Wednesdays, which I, I think I can divulge. Wednesdays were one of the few days I had completely off from any side job I was taking on. And I would always make sure I would like bank Wednesday as a day I could have off so I could focus on DK Vine in the middle of the week. So I would do DK Vine Done Slow on Wednesdays, but then, you know, sometimes you just need to take a Wednesday. Sometimes things happen, like you move or you um, just just need you time. And so, you know, I, I, I would kind of fall off the wagon doing DK Bind on slow, but that will become a far more regular occurrence now uh, with, a, with a far more strict schedule. And... You know, one of the ideas I've had that I think I will be implementing is something on Twitch, a a new series called Ramble Scramble, which um, is just me appearing on on a webcam even uh, and chatting about DKU news of the week or whatever people want to discuss. Not a conversation, just me, me by myself uh, talking with our audience. We had a dry run of this back Actually, before the live, the last live conversation you and I did, Josh, because we had it scheduled for that Friday, and you were under the weather that day, and so right, yeah, yeah, we we delayed it, but I still hopped on Twitch um, to just say, hey, we're doing this later, and then I ended up hanging out with the chat for about forty five minutes, and it was a lot of fun. And there were requests then, hey, this should be a regular thing. Or, or at least every so often thing on DK Vine. And just the idea percolated in my brain. And it's like, oh, yeah, we could call it Ramble Scramble. 
and great name. Yeah. So <laughs> that's something I'm going to be doing um, at some point in the not too distant future. Uh, also just more Twitch streams in general. Uh, like I, I don't have a full game plan there yet, but I definitely want to implement Twitch far more than we've been using it before. But speaking of YouTube, yes, more video content on YouTube. I want to do more video content on YouTube because I more or less pulled out of creating YouTube content when they demonetized us. And for those who aren't aware, uh, our prevailing theory on why they demonetized us is because the YouTube bots thought that, you know, the the conversation was someone else's podcast we were uploading to our channel, as a lot of channels, you know, sometimes do with podcasts. And the thing... You can only steal other people's content if you're a big channel, Heil. Come on. I know, I know. And that, that that's the infuriating thing is if you're a big channel, you skate. If you're a channel trying to grow, there's a lot more adversity thrown your way. But uh-huh. the, the thing is, YouTube actually recognizes podcasts now they have a whole podcast tab now and the conversation was just automatically added to it i didn't even have to do anything and so i'm I'm hoping because youtube actually recognizes that content creators use their platform for podcasts and you know has a category for it i'm hoping i'll finally be able to appeal that decision and we can start making youtube a revenue stream for dk vine as well um, that that being said, I'm not going to wait around and, and hope for that to happen. I'm still going to work on video content, mostly short form video content at first, going into different areas of the DKU. But yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of fun ideas for that. And it's something I've really wanted to do. And the only thing holding me back has been time. Because you know more than anybody, Josh, doing a video takes a long time, even if it's 10 minutes long, the the amount of uh, editing that has to go into it, the amount of uh, collecting clips, doing the script, just just making thing, making everything perfect takes a long, long yeah, time. The, the, the general rule of thumb that, I, that I've always found is that, like, if I give my best estimate for how long something is going to take me, what the the reality will be that it will take about four times longer than that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and I, I try. And you know, obviously, doing this has given me a real appreciation for like, you know, I'll be watching YouTube videos now, and I'm and I'm like, God, I wonder how long they worked on like that one shot. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. You, I, I'm that way with anything I watch. I I, I can kind of see mm-hmm. the screenplay mapped out in my head, Matrix Code style. And right. so any any movie I'm watching, I will be predicting where it's going just as a force of habit. And um, like my wife hates it, but it's it's just how I'm wired in the same way with you know, once, once you edit audio, you know how to read waveforms. Once you edit video, mm-hmm. you you know all the little tricks and it really ruins your ability to digest any entertainment. That's why I'm glad I don't know how to make video games. It's the one area that's still magical to me. <laughs> I know what you mean. Some, I got a comment the other day from somebody who was like, hey, would you ever consider making your own video game? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell people what I want in a video game, but it usually involves a cartoon clock. Yeah, stop listening yeah. <laughs> to me then. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited about YouTube. I'm really excited about taking a lot of the, 
nonsense just bouncing off my head inside my skull at all times and turning it into digestible videos. Like, yeah, eventually I would like to have, you know, a four-hour video on, on Squitter, the spider. But I think short is the way to go for now. Also, you know, uh, Gen Z has a short attention span thanks to the TikToks, speaking of cartoon clocks. So, you know, I, I, I got to keep it small. I, I, it's amazing how every every generation of young people has, has shorter attention spans than the last one. Where, I mean, geez. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> going back to the beginning of history. You know, I, I want DK Vine to be accessible for all generations. So I, I, I will still have four hour podcast. Don't you worry. <laughs> but I also want to hear from you, our audience, um, you know, because I don't want DK Vine to just be my vanity project. I want it to be a platform that everyone can use and enjoy. And I want it to be built for you. So I, I want to hear what you want me to do. And you can't just say rest more. I appreciate that. I I, I, I first... Uh, told everybody in the DK Vine inner circle that this was happening several weeks back. And like what, one of the reoccurring refrains, which I appreciated was that everybody just wanted me to get well first. They just wanted me to rest up. I was like, okay, okay. But do you, do you want rattly videos? Do, do, do you want videos on stop and swap? Like tell, tell me what you want. Cause I can't turn <laughs> off ever. Um, but yeah, like, I obviously can't take everyone's suggestions all at once, but I can at least take everything into account as I continue to build DK Vine for the future. You and I both, I think, are very lucky to have communities that like... <laughs> well, I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say something sincere, and then the phrase that came to mind was, don't expect much from us. <laughs> but I don't think that's the case at all. Ouch. You know, communities who, like, care about our well-being, who, you know, I, I think um, that that's another one of the reasons, like you said earlier, that you don't ever want, like, you know, I, the, though, I, though I may be in some ways less niche than DK Vine, I am still pretty dang niche. And that's one of the reasons why, like, you you hit a certain level of success. And and you get a certain audience, and like you're just gonna have enough asshats in your comment sections that are just not going to, like, I guess appreciate the 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 kind of effort that any that anything like this takes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's why I, I generally try not to read comments anymore, just for my own <laughs> mental health and well being. Like, no no offense to. The YouTube comments. I, I will still occasionally poke my head in, but sometimes, like, I don't have the stamina. I, I don't have the reserves to deal with it. And it really can just, like, what one errant comment can just knock me sideways for a day or two. And it, it's it's stupid. You know, so sometimes I can go in and just laugh it off. But um, it just depends how afraid I am at that moment. And, and hopefully with this being all I'm doing, I will be far less afraid in the future. But, you know, you have to laugh it off because, yeah, like, we we, we are serving, we, we are both serving underutilized markets, right? And not everyone will get that. And that's fine. Um, it's not going to be for everyone. But I do generally want to have a more diverse range of content now that at the, at the very least pleases more people than ever before. Because, you know, in the past, 
as my time was so limited, DK Vine would go on what I think of as content arcs where, for example, if a game is new, remember, remember new games that DK Vine could talk about? It's, it's a, uh, no, no, what, like, Oh, you mean in like the early days in like 1999? Yeah, when DK64 came out, right? I I, I remember that. I'm thinking more like 2014 or yeah, with, with with Tropical Freeze or 2017 with Ukulele, 2018 with Sea of Thieves. But yes, I mean, um, but yeah, if a game is new, we would talk about it quite a bit, spend months analyzing it, breaking it down. Uh, if a game reaches an anniversary of five, we will sometimes you know dust it off and spend a lot of time talking about it or the game i'm just doing for dk vine done slow would would have that spotlight and get a lot of shine on it at that moment but the beauty of dk vine in my opinion and the whole concept of the dku the durability of it is that you know when donkey kong news is bone dry we would always have something going on with rare or or later play tonic and vice versa. So th- th- that that's well and good, but I would really love if we could have just perpetual streams of Donkey Kong content like every week, Banjo Kazooie content every week, Conquer content maybe pushing it every week, but you know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it would still be nice to keep those core pillars of the DKU even at those who haven't gotten a new game or even an appearance by central characters in years uh, in the spotlight because the, you know those fans are starved and desperate if they're not getting new games they should at the very least be getting content on the internet about them and I, I, I think it would be great to always have something for the the obsessive I see in in the comments freezer has been spamming Saberwolf GBA. Yes, more Saberwolf <laughs> GBA content freezer. Don't worry, that's coming. Um, I I I want DK Vine like because obviously people who come to DK Vine they might just be coming for Donkey Kong. They might just be coming for the rare stuff, or or they might be into just the Nintendo side of things, but. I, I want to give them a reason to stick around and not just, oh, you know, they're talking about Sea of Thieves this week. I guess I'll come back next week. It's like, no, come back tomorrow. We'll, we'll have something else for you then. Um, that That's what's exciting to me is just diversifying our output and not getting so locked in on whatever is going on at the moment or whatever anniversary is cropping up. Yeah, and, and plus the other great thing about that is that, like, you know, you're not just... Say if if you if you talk about conquer, you're not just like that's not just going to appeal necessarily to like existing conquer fans. Like that's go- that's also going to work for people who you know came to DK Vine to hear about Banjo or hear about Donkey Kong, but don't really know a whole lot about conquer. You know that that despite the fact that there hasn't been a new game in in uh, what since 2015 now. Um, but like when did Young Conquer came come out? Twenty sixteen. Oh yeah, you know, you know, I totally forgot about Young Conquer. Well, that, that's because the only person in the entire community who has played Young Conquer is Gibbon. Uh, she, right? She actually had access to a Hololens, and um, you know the bad the bad thing is like going this route. 
I can make more content for DK Vine, but I have even less disposable income than I've had in the past. <laughs> so, like, a HoloLens seems like even more far off. I would love to get a HoloLens and give Young Conquer the coverage it deserves. But uh, right, right now, hey, back us on Patreon and get those Young Conquer videos, Young Conquer analysis, <laughs> Young Conquer character biographies. I'll, I'll, I'll do it character god like it's it's so funny because like i've known we've known that title for literally years now i think we've known it uh correct me if i'm wrong for the better part of a decade at this point and i still know basically nothing about that game other than what conquer looks like it's it's a game that doesn't look great in screenshots and like they, they presented it to us uh in just the worst possible way. I think it's a game that looks very interesting, though. I know, mm-hmm. uh, I know, Gibbon has spoken highly of it, and the the more I look at it, the more well, I'm like being that he's the only one who's played it. I guess we'll have to trust that. <laughs> well, but I I've also I've tried to watch some YouTube videos of it. It kind of makes me carsick, but just because the hollow lens, you know, but I I, I was like, well, this mm-hmm. actually would be a fun game to immerse myself with because. It's you know anytime you get into lore, even if even if it's just like lore that doesn't completely sync up one to one with what we know, that's the fun challenge. I'm like, all right, how do I make this work? How do how how do I make this sandwiched into the the comfortable continuity I already know? And Conquer has kind of been all over the map with that at times, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I. I want to play Young Conquer, people. Make it happen. I'll give you videos and podcast. Yeah, I, I got a, uh, I got, a, I finally got a Series X a couple of weeks ago, and so I just to see if I could, I uh, booted up Project Spark and played, and it did work. Yeah, <laughs> fortunately. So I uh, played through Big Reunion for the first time in a long time. Love Big Reunion, yeah, and uh, yeah, the the Series mm-hmm. X. Full disclosure, that's the big per- purchase I am still working towards. Um, got to get a Series X just for content creation, and um, that then I can you know spread 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 the money through other other areas of DK Vine. But yeah, it's just when people talk about like a Switch Two, I'm like, no, I can't afford a Switch Two. I'm a Donkey Kong journalist. Can can we just keep things <laughs> on the Switch for now? I mean, fortunately for you, that that does seem to be how like the next generation of video game consoles tends to operate nowadays. In that, like, you, I mean, maybe maybe Nintendo won't do this, because Nintendo's always kind of done their own thing. But, you know, like, most major releases, even now, are still coming out for the Xbox One and the PS4. And those consoles are both, uh, what, 10 years old? Yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for the moment where they they pull the plug and I'm just stuck. So I, you know, I, I would just feel safer to get a series X, you know, and I want to get mm-hmm. one with the disc drive before they, they change the model and you can only use digital games. Cause I, I like physical games. Damn it. Even if they just download the digital version to it, I don't care. Well, and plus like that, that was a big thing for us. Like for a long time, you couldn't find, either a PS5 or uh, Xbox Series X, like, at retail. But, um, like, the Series S seemed a little bit easier to find, so that's what we had for a while. But uh, Series X's finally became more readily available, and we're like, you know, we could get this, we could sell the Series S, 
we could have access to all of those physical Xbox games yeah. that we own again, and that would be really nice. So that's what we did. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed I'll, I'll have my own relatively soon. But, you know, Josh... Yes, part- we'll have to make our own. <laughs> yeah, I'll go in my workshop and get right on it. <laughs> part of the joy, Josh, of, of doing DK Biden's My Soul Job is just... Here we are. It's the middle of the afternoon here on the East Coast of the Americas. Mm-hmm. And I'm hopping on Twitch just to talk to you. Because we can. And, like, this, this isn't something that... I could do before this week. This is something I would have to coordinate well in advance. And here we are. We're just chatting on a conversation, a live conversation at that, just for the sheer hell of it, because we can. I'm flaunting it. And I realize this is a busy time in your world. So I want to thank you for joining me here today. So I have to ask yet again, because I have become so cold, so distant, so remote from the concept of having a new game in a series that I love. How does it <laughs> feel to have Sonic Superstars in your life? Well, Heil, the game came out uh, on Tuesday of last week. Um, today is Wednesday, eight days later. And let me see. Let me just check here. Where's my playtime chart at? I am. I have been playing it for fifty-one hours. In eight days, I've gotten more than two days of playtime out of it. Sounds about right. I, I was going to say that seems a little low, and now it's going to be like, no, that seems a little high. No, that seems just about right. You, you, you've hit the the Goldilocks zone there with with that because you've still got time to sleep and eat and talk about it online and yeah yeah <laughs> think about it in the shower dream about it uh, no it's just it's hilarious to me cuz you know the thing the thing that always comes up with sonic games and the thing that comes up with like 2D platformers in general but uh but especially sonic games is always people who are like but it's so short but you can finish it so quickly and you know for me as a fan I, the, the the phrase that I always say is like, yeah, but like your first playthrough of a game like this is just, it's incidental, it's experimental, it's like, it's like just going to give you like the most baseline idea of like what the game is like and what it, and what you can do with it. It's 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 the infinite replayability <laughs> that appeals to me, and oh, this just uh, definitely has that. Yeah, I as uh, as I as I know, Freezer can also attest to because <laughs> me and her have been competing against each other in it. I've I've seen your blue sky post. Yeah, yeah, all your the times. Uh, you know, it's a weird time for me personally because uh, mm-hmm. I'm making this huge transition for DK Vine, making this big show of being a Donkey Kong journalist and everything that entails with Banjo Kazooie and, and Conquer and D- Dinosaur Planet. D- rare and platonic but i feel like i feel like most of my audience right now is hyper focused on both sonic superstars and super mario brothers wonder and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like well i guess people don't actually really care all that much about donkey kong right now um so all right this is probably a bad time to launch this huge endeavor in my life but 
uh, what, what are you going to do? You know, t- the timing is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I would say just the opposite. Now's now's a great time to remind people, hey, d- but don't forget about Donkey Kong too. You know, don't f- don't forget about Donkey Kong. Yeah, I please Nintendo, don't forget about Donkey Kong. Well, you 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 know me. I'm dedicated mm-hmm. to the cause no matter what. I you know I I I never sleep uh, when when I could talk about Donkey Kong. Sometimes I think that the DK Vine audience wouldn't mind if I gave a little coverage to platformers that they're playing that aren't DKU. But then I wonder, could I ever look myself in the mirror again? Again, speaking from the perspective of a fan of DK Vine, that would be very weird. Fa- okay, yeah, yeah, because maybe I, other people would be into it, but but I would be like, that's that's a weird thing to do. Because yeah, I I feel like doing that would make DK Vine a hell of a lot more financially viable. You know, if if we just said, you know, well, we're also going to focus on platformers of a certain ilk, two D or three D. Mm-hmm. And then we can just call it a day, you know, we'll bring in Crash Bandicoot, we'll bring in Spyro, we'll, we'll, you know, just, just basically expand our horizons. It doesn't have to be Donkey Kong, uh, just because fans of Donkey Kong or Banjo-Kazooie might also like, and, um, then we don't... Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we were really seeing, it's just, you know, people, if you love Donkey Kong Country, that will tend to come with a lot of, you know... So you, you'll you'll also probably tend to like games of a similar style and a similar vintage. So and Mario and Sonic would both and Crash and Spyro would all sort of be in that wheelhouse. Yeah, and then we wouldn't have to get into in the weeds arguments about whether rare cows suggest a shared universe and all the stuff that probably turns off you know the, the normies. Hi, freezer. Uh, the the vast majority <laughs> of the populace who just finds all of this impenetrable, all of this like very in the weeds minutia from rare websites in the late nineties and early two thousands. But Josh, I have integrity, damn it. I don't think <laughs> DK Vine would have survived as long if we ever watered down the formula and tried to become something that we're not. I I feel like one of the reasons the site has persisted is because of our unrelenting focus <laughs> on the DKU and, and what that entails and never strain from that. Not once. So. And you know, you, yeah. you, you say that, it, that you, you worry that it might make things a little impenetrable. That I mean, maybe, but that hasn't seemed to be my experience. Most of the time when people, whether it's people like in my in my Discord community, uh, which is very creatively called the Inner Ring. Thank you for the idea. Um, when, when people are talking, to, you know, like so, sometimes somebody will say something like, I'll say, hey, I'm going to be on the conversation this week. And somebody will do the thing where they're like, who's not familiar with DK Vines? Like, how do they come? How, how have they talked about Donkey Kong for that long? Like, how how much really is there? And then we get we get into a discussion about what the DKU is and what it entails. And in my experience, people seem to be like like very fascinated by the idea, and then very <laughs> like it's fun to learn. Like, I, I don't know. I, I always like the tribunal episodes because it's just it's fun to debate and litigate and think about the 
the various implications and rules and 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 just how everything fits together. How how is Ryan Styles from Whose Line Is It Anyway a native DKU character? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which he is, by the way. If Ryan Styles ever appears <laughs> in a video game again, he's technically a Conker spin-off character. Yeah, my my wife and I will even talk about it sometimes cuz she'll get she'll start being like, "Okay, so what if this happened and what if this character showed up here?" And then I'm like, "Well, I think the the way that we would interpret that is this is and, you know, we we were just like going on about it and like he's very into it and she's very interested in it." Uh K- Keith John Stack. Hello. In, in the live Thank stream. You, yeah, it says uh talking about non-DKU games would be like IGN talking about movies instead of video games. Yeah, that's I, I'm not going to rag on IGN, even though, you know, I've had my own run-ins with IGN in the past. And I'm not talking about them being a hate-filled internet critic of Donkey Kong 64 back in 1999. I'm talking about the time they misconstrued things from our own podcast, uh, ran it as a headline, and then failed to link to our podcast. So thank you, IGN. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, but State of internet journalism. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, IGN, any comic book related website that just stopped focusing on comic books and started just becoming general entertainment, Comic Con in and of itself. We see all of these niche things, like uh, all, all of these cable channels, these specialty cable channels. Remember cable, mm-hmm. uh, Josh? But like back in the 90s and early 2000s when cable was still like the the frontier of entertainment and you would have all of these specialty channels that would focus on these very niche interests or genres and then all like one after another would they would fall by the wayside and start just broadening and and start bringing mm-hmm. in reality shows and then they're like Bravo the, the 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 network Bravo it's called Bravo because they used to air operas and, and and now they air nothing but I, reality. Yeah, TV. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's something that is just I, I feel like it happens with with, with generally corporate owned media, right? Anything that's designed to cater to a specific taste will eventually try to bring in the most amount of people as possible. And that's why when I say you need to support independent Donkey Kong journalism. I am specifically thinking of the Bravo Cable Network. You, we're not going to bring in the real housewives of the Rare Archipelago. Well, actually, that would be a great, that would be a great video series. <laughs> I, but <laughs> perhaps we will then. <laughs> Miss, Miss, <laughs> Mrs. Bottles and Mrs. Boggy and all the other wives who don't have a name but their husbands. <laughs> K Rule's wife, we could finally meet her. That's right. Wrinkly's grave could make an appearance. <laughs> All in one house. Hello, Mo Spankins. I love that name. Mo Spankins has been popping into our uh, stream of thieves. And uh, just just a fun username. Mo Spankins. Yeah, Chris says, I know I can't go on a single conversation live without quoting the original dub for 1995 anime Ghost in a Shell, but I'm compelled to say, if you over-specialize, you breed in weakness. It's slow death. Well, uh, I I am going to keep 
true to my ethos. As much as some of the audience would be fine with me talking about Super Mario Brothers Wonder, I feel that I, I think the the only content I can mine out of that is wow, look at all those Donkey Kong Country concepts they're borrowing in Super Mario Brothers Wonder, <laughs> right? And, hey, and, I mean, kind of the same thing as Odyssey did with Banjo Kazooie, like yeah. Yeah, and then everybody just lauds it as being so inventive and so original, and and then it's just like, oh, this is great, this is great. It's like, where were you twenty five years ago? Where were you? What do you tw- mean not born? That's impossible. Where were you in twenty fourteen when Tropical Freeze was getting raked over the coals by some outlets for not being some other game? It's fine. It's well, fine. I'm not I'll, holding you, it against. You, you, I'm not holding it against one. You, you've. You've got a friend in me because I, I too, I, I have just not had any time for Super Mario Wonder. I, I did finally try playing it for the first time uh, last night, and I was just like, this is very slow and very easy, and also, I just, I don't have time for this right now. There we go, Freezer I'm, Sis. I'm sure it's brilliant. I'm going to love it when I get into it, but I can't do that right now. Uh, Freezer said, it's like how everyone praised the impossible layer overworld, but never played Saber Wolf GBA. All right, well, it's... Exactly. Is it? Oh, dear. It's it's not quite... It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not quite apples to apples there. It's it's kind of... Uh, they're, they're, they're different genres, almost. I, I, I see the... I see the correlation, but... You could say Saber Wolf GBA was just an evolution of DKC3, which was an evolution of Super Mario World. No, I'm... I'm... I'm, t- I'm going to take the optimistic route on this. It's like, I'm I'm glad to see Nintendo finally catching up with things that Rare was doing decades ago. <laughs> if only Rare would get like, the credit. Good for them. If only Rare would get the credit, because there's this uh, narrative, and you know, I don't care about this stuff quite as much anymore, right? But when I was an angsty teen, this really uh, rankled me. It's the, the Rare teams never got the due they so justly deserved they were accused of just ripping off what nintendo was doing and and now nintendo is doing what they were doing a couple decades ago and and they're also borrowing from retro and some other things but you know it's just there's brilliant ideas in those games and just because listen Heil, two years ago when diddy kong racing came out everyone agreed it was better than mario kart 64 but now now it seems like the hate-filled internet critics don't think that anymore what stop worshiping miyamoto guys and miyamoto's great miyamoto he he and i are friends now we we go to the movies (laughs) but it's just I don't know. You it, you hung out in the bathroom at one e three. I remember. Yeah, yeah, I I did. Look, this sounds creepy. This sounds creepy, <laughs> but I did hang around the bathrooms that Nintendo employees God. urinated in, on the off chance <laughs> someone notable might walk through the door. Maybe Miyamoto. Maybe somebody else. Um, you know, I've had worse ideas. <laughs> Well, that that excuses it. That makes it not creepy. You're right. I, w- I wasn't creepy. The fact that you had it. worse ideas than that at some point, that, I never that's, ma- that's okay. I never made eye contact. I just, you know, it's like, okay, well, nothing much is happening right now. I'll go hit up the Nintendo bathrooms. And, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what you have to do when you're a Donkey Kong journalist sometimes, Josh, is you have to go into the filthy, dirty places others dare not tread. 
And now that you're full time, imagine how much more bathroom research and reconnaissance you'll be able to accomplish. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, there's no E3 anymore. There's no reliable way for me to go where like Nintendo employees are are pooling. You know, like at, at the very pooling. least, there's. <laughs> There's no reliable way I can access them where I am also allowed. Which is why you need full time this to be a full time thing now, exactly. Yeah. Maybe maybe they will come up with a successor to E three. Maybe E three itself will revive. I don't know. But you know, I, I, I don't want to have to like mail myself to Nintendo like e- EPD or something in a big box trying to like get inside. Uh, maybe, maybe we can, maybe we can start up the Kongvention that we've been talking about. One thing at a time. I can't even afford a Series X right now. All right. <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody tells me, yeah, we need to do the Kongvention. I'm like, all right. Do you know how much that costs? Do you know how much it costs? <laughs> yeah. So, it's a weird time for me personally, Josh. We we've discussed this on the podcast this season just coming out of the summer games reveal season. And, you know, at the very least, I have something to look forward to at the moment. But what I have to look forward to is two characters getting into what's ostensibly a nine-year-old video game. Like, okay, like Mario fans have Super Mario Brothers Wonder, this hugely lauded 2D platformer, uh, that that's finally catching up to Donkey Kong Country. Good for you, Mario. Sonic fans have Sonic Superstars. You all seem to be really enjoying it. And I'm happy for you. you got yeah, Sp- don't look too closely at the Sonic fandom. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just take your word for it that it's just everything's great mm-hmm. over there. Just, just nod. Um, it's it's great to me and Keith and Freezer. So yeah, no, I mean, that's yeah. the important thing. Well, that's the thing, like. It's 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 funny to me because DK Vine, like I I don't want to say like we are the only ones out there. We're not like Pure Kong in in the chat right now does some fantastic Donkey Kong videos. We've got websites like DKC Atlas. We've got websites like Rare Gamer, um, Rare Thief. Like the the Rare and Donkey Kong community extend far beyond ours, right? But mm-hmm. DK Vine. It's kind of always been close to the epicenter of it all. And because we have that focus on Donkey Kong, that kind of pulls us towards the Nintendo side more than some of the others. And because we're still focused on Rare, we're, you know, so we're kind of in the middle, is what I'm saying. And like generally, like our little sphere, once we got past the angst of the buyout era, uh, since around 2010 or so, we've been pretty chill, I would have to say. And, I mean, people in our community have been pretty chill. Obviously, there mm-hmm. are the doomsayers. They are the the ones who constantly wring their hands because the new Donkey Kong game hasn't been announced yet or what have you. There, there's no new Banjo-Kazooie game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But for the most part, I think we kind of keep perspective here. Uh, but if I were to stray too far from that, from from the my own community from the website I I helped build, then I'm sure I would get into some of the thornier opinions of the outskirts of the Donkey Kong fandom of the rare fandom, and uh, I have no interest in that. 
I, 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 I prefer uh, to be in my home uh, where it's comfy and cozy and we occasionally gripe. We occasionally lament about the state of things, but we never let it get us down to the point where we're just wallowing in cynicism and negativity 24-7. Yeah, and and to sort of go, like, I, I sort of had was, was thinking about this just last night. Um, I think in, so, sort of in preparation for this episode, because I was like... You know, t- trying to put things in, into into sort of a Donkey Kong universe-like perspective. Like, I realized, you know, the, this Sonic Superstars, I've been enjoying it so much, and I've had people around me to enjoy it with me. You know, I've had people to talk about it and geek out about it and appreciate things about it. And that's, and that's been wonderful. And I kind of had this revelation where I was like, you know what this really reminds me of? Like, having my community, having, like, a very tight-knit group of of people who are, I guess, willing to see, like, the... To, to, to take a more optimistic viewpoint, it reminds me a lot of how D.K. Vine felt um, circa, like, 2013, when Tropical Freeze was revealed. And, like, the thing is, Tropical Freeze was the most exciting thing Nintendo could have possibly told me about. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it coming at all. Like, and I think a lot of that, a lot of the reason for that was because, like... The Nintendo fan zeitgeist at that time, uh, outside of DK Vine, was so convinced that w- that it was going to be a new Metroid game. Yeah, like we like we'd hear something from Retro, it would be a new Metroid game. But and so when that when Tropical Freeze was revealed, my first thought was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe this is real!" And like my jaw literally dropped when Dixie Kong showed up. And like it was one of my it's one of my favorite E3 memories, honestly, because. Like even more somehow, even more than returns, it just shocked me. Like I was, I had it was such a pleasant and wonderful surprise. It's, and then, of course, you know, we I think we've talked about the story even on this even on this show before. My next reaction was to go on the internet and see what the wider internet thought of it, and and be like, oh no, another. But damn through Donkey that, Kong DK country. Vine kind of became a refuge of like-minded weirdos. Yeah, you know, where without you guys and without without DK Vine. I think I would have felt a lot more alone in my opinions and in my perspective and in my appreciation. So, yeah, having yeah, the, the the phrase that you guys have always used is like-minded weirdos, and having that is just very, very important and very fulfilling. Josh, I have to ask, are you playing mm-hmm. Sonic Superstars right now? How did you know? I picked up on tapping on your end, and I was like, <laughs> is he pressing buttons? <laughs> so i've i've been typically whenever when, whenever i'm on the show and you step away for a moment and the, the the parts of it that don't end up in the final episode i will just you know to in order to have something to talk about with the people while you're gone i'm like i will just talk about the game that i'm currently playing yeah i i typically almost always pl- am playing some kind of a game during conversation recordings <laughs> I knew that. And I, in this knew, case, yes, it is It is Sonic Superstars. I knew that, but I generally forget about it. Unless mm-hmm. I hear you mashing buttons vigorously. And, and I, <laughs> I was like, I, I hear like, it's like a woodpecker. Like, uh, just just uh, pounding yeah, away. I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep that down. No, it's, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you've got something to play. I'm going to have to go play Saber Wolf GBA or something after this. But... Um, you you talk about zeitgeist like the the internet 
the the broader internet opinion sphere and what they mm-hmm. all talk themselves into and what they're always focused on as say Nintendo fandom. And yeah, it's it's so different from DK Vine and and our own little bubble because generally and I, this might be changing a little bit after the Super Mario Brothers movie, but generally like a new Donkey Kong game is never in the conversation with these people. It's never Yep, I know. It it's never a possibility they bring up a new Donkey Kong game. And then whenever there is a new Donkey Kong game, they're either surprised and delighted or they're outraged. Um, so, and of course that's, that's what, what we're focused on. And it's just, it's amusing to me how different we are, how wired we are. And we've, we've talked about the generational gap and how a lot of the Nintendo internet um, really started coalescing, really started forming from like soft clay into hard pottery in the GameCube years, when Donkey Kong did sort of take a backseat, not for a lack of games, but just a lack of focus. And mm-hmm. um, we're, we're still kind of locked into that mindset. And I'm hopeful that things like the giant multi-million dollar theme park in Osaka in Orlando will, will, will start to make people consider Donkey Kong a little bit more, who maybe didn't grow up with it being such an omnipresent part of their gaming diet. But yeah, yeah that's, that, 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 and that's like always been a thing. Like I remember talking about this in, in my own tropical freeze episode, how like, <clears throat> like the NES generation grew up with Donkey Kong as like, you know, this, this arcade antagonist to Mario. Mm-hmm. And then the GameCube, and then you know the Super NES and 64 kids like like us to to various degrees, we saw it as we saw it as rare as Donkey Kong first and foremost. Like I remember when I got DK 94 for the Game Boy, um, all I saw it as was like, oh cool, Mario did a crossover with Donkey Kong. Like that to me, like I had no idea the arcade game existed. I'd never heard of it. Sure. So, but I knew of Donkey Kong Country before I knew about that game. So, yeah. But then you get you get to the other side of that, and you get to the GameCube years, and Donkey Kong's primary appearances start being in Mario spinoffs. And like, there are still Donkey Kong games, but they tend to be they tend to require bongo controllers, or they tend to be on handheld systems. Yeah. Like most, yeah, most most of the most of Donkey Kong's appearance in that time was once again in Mario games. So, like, it's really only a span of like one or two console generations where like your formative idea of Donkey Kong would be something entirely separate from Mario. And that's why I'm glad that DK Vine has stuck around for 24 oh, years <laughs> because we, we are presenting, we we're, we're keeping that flame alive of Donkey Kong being something else. Donkey Kong, like you can interact with Mario. Sure. But Donkey mm-hmm. Kong is its own brand, its own identity, its own vibrant thing. And oh, it's also a rare character and part of the rare shared universe. And Banjo-Kazooie and Conker, technically, through through some trickery, were spun off from Donkey Kong. And that's fun, too. I mean, by definition, Mario is a Donkey Kong spinoff. By definition. I think the cleanest way to <laughs> look at it is that both... Super Mario and uh, Donkey mm-hmm. Kong Country spun out of Donkey Kong, 
But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just funny to me that like all of this is going on kind of right outside my window, so to speak. Like I'm seeing all of my my friends and colleagues and the the game devs of the studios who I cover all following these two games and you know the, then the ones who are more into like the the big budget you know triple a titles outside of the Nintendo and Sega sphere or like Spider-Man 2 but mm-hmm. and I'm over here like oh wow you know won't be long now that we get Diddy Kong and Funky Kong in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe <laughs> and you know i'm so i've ever since diddy kong got revealed i've been like chomping at the bit it's funny because i'm so excited to play mario kart 8 again uh you said you were going to do this so i've decided i'm going to too i'm going to play through the entire game again as diddy kong and it's funny because like i could technically go play mario kart 8 right now but Mm -hmm. it's just like (laughs) like no i'm gonna wait for that it's it's i'm not gonna touch it again until he's here I've had such an up-and-down relationship with Mario Kart 8. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's a game I can intellectually appreciate and love and recognize it's it's probably the superior Mario Kart game. And saying the superior Mario Kart game like has this big, bold asterisk next to it because Mario Kart is probably the least ambitious kart racing series either on the market today or of the last 26 years. Okay, so, but Mario Kart gets by on name recognition, right? Mario Kart gets by on just sheer inertia. It doesn't have to try all of that, all that hard. Um, and it can be fun. I'm not, I'm not saying Mario Kart is undeserving of its reputation, but at the end of the day, I will always pick up Diddy Kong Racing before Mario Kart, and you know, and then so many in, of my friends will talk about Crash Team Racing and. Um, you know, how that really carries the torch of what Diddy Kong Racing started. But um, I, I, I intellectually recognize Mario Kart 8 is the best of at least the, like, initial eight home-released Mario Kart games. But in my heart, I could never really warm up to it. It was just this cold, clinical appreciation of it because it did not have Diddy Kong in it. And am I that <laughs> shallow? Am I that petty? damn right I am, and I don't really think I need to justify it because I am mostly playing Mario Kart because of the Donkey Kong presence, and so if you dramatically reduce the Donkey Kong presence in it, I am going to find myself less attached to it. So, then I have all these moments, these brief spikes in time where you think it's possible they might add him, and then it doesn't come. It doesn't happen. And and so we're finally here after nearly a decade, end of the line, right? And um, and it's happening at the same time that Mario fans have this huge new game that's getting like perfect scores all around. Um, Sonic Superstars is out, and that's beloved by we'll say by the Sonic fans whose opinions I listen to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, the correct uh, one. And yeah, everybody's just giddy. And then Mario fans also have like the Super Mario RPG remaster, and you know, just they're, they're eating like gritty little gluttons right now. And I, I'm just like, oh boy, oh boy, Diddy Kong's gonna be in a nine-year-old racing game. 
Yep. And the weird thing is I'm fine with that, oddly enough. Like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I want the new Donkey Kong game to be revealed. I, I'm so thirsty for it. I'm so parched for something to sink my teeth into, something to really rally behind as a community, and, and something that can really just buoy and booster Donkey Kong into the future and, and get us back to where we want to be as a fandom of a franchise. Uh, yes, I want a new Banjo-Kazooie game. I, I think I, I've hit the point with all the legacy rare IPs where I'm like, what what are they doing? Like, uh, it's it, not, not, a, not a knock against Rare, against the people who work at Rare, against Sea of Thieves, which you know how much I love Sea of Thieves. It's just... Mm-hmm. Yo, you 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 you've had this property for twenty one years. These properties, plural. You've you've had the rare IPs for twenty one years, and I can literally count how many uh, sequels they've gotten on the Xbox platforms on one hand. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty damning, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess the thing is, the thing that that always like really throws, like you know, a lot of people have said, like when Sea of Thieves was revealed, you know, you, you had the yeah those chodes being like, "Why are you doing this when you should be making band?" You know, I never agreed with that sentiment. It's totally okay if Rare doesn't want to make sequels to Banjo Kazooie or Conquer or like their legacy IP. That's totally fine. It's just you know, Microsoft owns the IP, and I think somebody would. Right, right. So, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I am perfectly pleased if all Rare ever does is Sea of Thieves. But I want a new Banjo-Kazooie game from someone. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, exactly. I, I, I don't think I'm being impatient anymore. I, I think I've been pretty understanding. I don't think so. I think I've been pretty understanding of this. Um, sure. And, you know, Platonic, it, it's been... Over four years since their last in-studio game. And I'm sure what they're working on is taking a lot of time. And I, I'm sure it will be worth it. But, oh my god, Josh, I'm <laughs> just... <laughs> but all that being said, all that being said, you just give me something small like Diddy Kong in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And I'm like, whoo whoo I'm not <laughs> wanting for much, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I, I think, like, that is the healthiest mindset you you have to have, like, to be able to do what I do. And now to do it full time is you can't let the day-to-day rigors of, oh, oh, Mario's getting all this attention. Sonic's getting all this attention. This like, pure, petty, fanboy-driven nonsense. It's not a competition. We all want a piece of the pie, but... I think there's enough room for all of us. Maybe not if Mario keeps stealing Donkey Kong's ideas, but that's for another that's for another day. Um, yeah, like I, 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 I can subside on just the most minute news on just the smallest trivial things, um, with, with the hope that we'll get a, a lot more in the future. But yeah, I, I, I guess to, to sum up the point I've been trying to make is that um, it's going to be really fun trying to stay positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess um, 
I don't, I can't, we, we very well may have discussed the, this exact point on the podcast before. I'm not entirely sure. I feel like it's been rumbling around in my brain for some time. The, I guess another concern for me is that like, you know, it's been what, five, four or five years now since Banjo got into Smash. You know what I mean? It's been 15 years since Nuts and Bolts. It's been 23 years since Banjo-Tooie. I think part of the reason that there is, like, a, a little more uh, a consternation among Banjo fans, and, about, and among Conquer fans, but, but you know, Banjo's probably the... I don't think anybody worries that Donkey Kong is just going to go away forever, by yeah. any means. But um, I guess one part of the concern is just, like, you start worrying, you know, has it just been so long now that, like, the IP just doesn't have enough cash, like... Uh, awareness in the public consciousness at this right. point. Like, have we passed the peak of Banjo Kazooie nostalgia, where a, where a real comeback would would be like even viable? Well, and of course, that's that's a that's a bit silly. It's, it's never entirely too late. Like Streets of Rage three, a, uh, a beat 'em up for the Genesis. Uh, Streets of Rage three came out in 1994, and Streets of Rage four came out in 2020. So. Mm. It's it's never entirely too late, but I, I think, just speaking for me, that is a concern, because you're like, you know, how many people under 25 even care about Banjo-Kazooie at this point? No, you're absolutely right. It's a concern for me, too, because we have passed the point of peak N64 nostalgia, right? Like, mm-hmm. 90s nostalgia, we're, in, we're now into the early, two th- early to mid-2000s nostalgia, Josh. Like, um, we're, we're, we're almost up to Wii nostalgia. Oh, we're getting there. I see yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I do feel like we, we missed the most lucrative window for it. That doesn't mean it can't mm-hmm. be successful. And look, if you can, if you if you do a new Banjo Kazooie game and it's just this amazing all out three D platformer, it will bring in new fans, and then it's it's kind of a moot point. And especially because I I still feel like something like Banjo Kazooie is. There's an evergreen quality to, at the very least, the concept, if not the game itself. Like, I, I don't know how many, um, like, Zoomers or younger will be able to pick up the N64 game and be enthralled by it. But so, some, for sure. Like, you know, some with taste, for sure. But it, it's, <laughs> it is understandable, right? Like, I, I, I'm lucky to be old enough where... Like, even the video games that I recognized as old when I got into video games were were still not, like, so ancient that I couldn't recognize them and have some fun with them. So, Mm -hmm. like, I I can play, like, the the most, like, basic-looking game on the original Game Boy and and find it just uh, as immersive as I did back when I was a kid. But... I'm sure it is more difficult if you never grew up with that. If you never grew up with a monochrome pea soup green game, you're like, I can't do this. This is this is trash. This is grandpa shit. Um, yeah, I know. You mean like it's very easy for me as somebody a little bit younger than you to like I can pick up an N64 game that I've never played before, and it's very very easy for me to shift myself into that mindset and see it in that context because I played it back then. Yeah. Um, I, I've gotten a lot better 
at, do, at doing that for things that were actually before my time, which was, you know, I, I would count like all, pretty much all of the NES era as 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 part of that. But yeah, when I was a kid, I, like the the NES for the most part just seemed like like you said, grandpa shit. Right. I know. I know of people who they can't listen to songs like being being performed by artists who are deceased. Like they 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 huh. can't listen to or watch movies or TV shows with any actors who have passed on because it's like ah ghost you're dead I can't do this this is old they're 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 they're, they're no longer on this planet I can't process this I will not consume this media I can only consume new current fresh um and and so yeah that that is a concern for me as we enter this stage where the the peak 90s nostalgia has passed and oh oh that was the heyday of the DKU and what does that mean about Banjo Kazooie and Conquer as DK Vine tries to you know <laughs> legitimize itself as a actual news service but that, thank god we have Donkey Kong right yeah and, and I, I would say by the way I just just a, a bit of a a bit of a digression but i would say peak n64 nostalgia was captured perfectly by the ukulele Kickstarter. No, absolutely. Like Platonic was there. Like to they timed that perfectly. Right. Yeah. If for sure. Now that had its own inherent drawbacks because mm-hmm. I, that that put a lot of expectation on that game. But I, I, I will say that like I don't expect DK Vine to have uh outsized influence when it comes to anything but if people come to our site because of donkey kong because they're they're interested in the donkey kong characters and then they learn a little bit about the history they learn about diddy kong racing they learn that technically banjo kazooie and conquer were spinoffs and they (laughs) exist in the same shared universe and that characters have crossed over here or there that will spark some interest in them to check out those properties. And, you know, if I can help make new fans of these legacy rare IPs, or even, you know, Sea of Thieves or Ukulele, uh, I will be very happy with that. I'll be very pleased with that. Like I said, I don't expect to bring in, like, just the masses back to Banjo, but, you know, one or two here or there, I feel like I've done my bit. I've done my duty. Well, I mean, I'll say that DK Vine's original mission statement that you talked about at the top of the episode of, like, kind of, like, setting the narrative on this stuff, that definitely worked on me as an impressionable youth. <laughs> well, okay. So, like, I don't like in want... in 1999... Go ahead. Well, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to tell people what to think per se. I will lay out my opinions on, on certain continuity aspects or in-universe lore but i i but i will stop i i i haven't like made any declarative statements on things that are debated anymore right like i'm i'm not gonna sit here and argue that the modern donkey kong well i will argue it but i won't say it's certain that the modern donkey kong is donkey kong jr all grown up mm-hmm you you won't present the chest of time as if it is something in the Super Smash Brothers instruction manual. No, the the instruction manual that was only in my copy. I'm sorry nobody else got it. <laughs> they they, they had really a paper, 
They had a paper for shortage. For like 10 years, I thought that was a real thing that was that was from the game. But hey, the Chest of Time is a brilliant get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to characters popping up and shit. It is, but no, what, what I mean is not, not just controlling <laughs> the narrative, but in like making, like, taking the fact that I was a fan of one thing and like exposing me to you know the the the, the wider give, giving me a wider appreciation for for like rare's other games and other ips and like other related properties yeah like i remember um in 1999 i rented dk64 and i liked it a lot i thought it was really great but i was of course very focused on the dreamcast at that time but a, about a year later was when i first found dk vine around uh like august of 2000 i want to say and your like year old hype for DK sixty four was so extreme and so <laughs> infectious for that matter that I ended up getting it for Christmas that year. Oh well, I'm sorry. <laughs> and hey, I really, I, I actually had a wonderful time playing it for about a month, and then Banjo two, and then I got Banjo Tooie. Probably the better investment there. Um... Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I talk shit about Donkey Kong 64. It's with love. It's a messy, flawed game that has some charm to it. It's not a bad game. It's just very, very, very flawed in many ways. As a Sonic fan, I understand better than anybody the concept of being critical from a place of love. Yeah, like... what? what I know people are kind of taken aback. They're they're aghast when I talk smack about Donkey Kong 64 because I am the safe space for Donkey Kong fans. I am DK Vine. I should not be besmirching Donkey Kong 64, especially because for a lot of people, Donkey Kong 64 was the game. Five years after Donkey Kong Country, a generational shift, essentially. It was a lot of fans core Donkey Kong experience, and I, I completely get that. It's just I've got to be honest and and if I didn't have Banjo-Kazooie, I probably would go easier on Donkey Kong 64. It's The, the problem is Banjo-Kazooie yeah, also exists. Banjo-Kazooie also exists. It's also from Rare. It's also part of the same shared universe. Banjo-Kazooie was actually... And it came first. It came that's, first. That's also a big factor. It came first, and it was the the team was mostly comprised of the people who did DKC and DKC two, so it just feels all around like a better experience. And I have great affinity and love for Banjo Kazooie, and so Donkey sixty four comes along, and it's just Banjo Kazooie, but more bloated and less focused. Oh no! I've. I've, I've talked about this before, Josh, but... We've talked about this before. I was on an episode about DK64 a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, it just it just cracks me up that there, there are people who don't know the mission statement of DK Vine that thinks we're just a Donkey Kong-centric fan site, that we don't incorporate Banjo or Conker or anything. And the... They're they're like they 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 attack me by saying that Banjo Kazooie is a better game, and it's just amusing. oh yeah, that stuff's hilarious. Yeah, it's amusing <laughs> to me because I'm like, ouch, you got me. You you just praised my third favorite game of all time. Burn. <laughs> Man, it is it is remarkable though that 
Like, I, you know, I know I've been inundated in this community for over two-thirds of my life at this point, I'm pretty sure. It's really fascinating to me, to the, the concept that somebody could be a Banjo-Kazooie fan who is not also a Donkey Kong fan. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's just weird. It's it's weird. Like, the, the, we, we talked about has Banjo-Kazooie missed its moment, but there's still a very vibrant, vocal Banjo-Kazooie fandom on the internet, separate, independent from DK Vine. And it's it, it just amusing because they are more partisan Banjo-Kazooie fans. Like, they don't like the concept of the DKU. They want Banjo-Kazooie to be mm-hmm. its own thing. Like, they're rebelling against our notions. And <laughs> they want to tear down the concept that it could be in a shared universe. And I'm just like, come on. We, we're working together here. What are we doing? This this is how they win. They divide us. <laughs> I mean, I don't think... I don't think considering Banjo-Kazooie separate or not makes the possibility of a new Banjo-Kazooie any more or less likely. I, I, I don't know anymore. It's, it's an exa- again, that's why I'm glad I have DK Vine because it gets exhausting out there. Like, I don't... I, I've tried to look at, like, Reddit gaming communities and I'm like, no, this is just so bitter. Is this the way we used yeah. to be? Ooh. I mean, yeah, like DK Vine. Like when, when I when I think about like sort of the 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 life and evolution of how an internet fandom operates. Like DK Vine is always was sort of like one of my first exposures to, I guess, ha- like the, the the sort of possible evolutionary path that they can go through, where you know they they they'll start out being very enthusiastic and idealistic and excited. And then things start changing, and they get very cynical and bitter and angry about that. And then eventually, the 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 <laughs> you know the the people involved in the community mature and they gain perspective, or there's just a never ending horde of newcomers, and that and that never really has a chance to happen. It depends. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, no, I remember, I remember very well a time when when DK during the GameCube years when DK Vine was very bitter and very angry. We had to get it out of our system. We we had to go through those growing pains, I feel like, to get to where we are today. Exactly. And everybody, everybody goes through that. Yeah. <laughs> Chris... but, but it is funny, like, you know, because I'll see fandoms now, I'll see communities now who are going through, like, I, I just get this incredible sense of deja vu because I'm like, well, I've seen this these exact same words applied in this exact same way in a completely different context 20 years ago. Yeah, Chris in the in the live stream says a lot of people bounce hard off Tui cynical and macabre tone. I feel like it's the mm-hmm. ones who played Banjo Kazooie at an age where they didn't spot the twisted and twisted fairy tale and took the cuteness on face value, and then suddenly it's dead moles and we're murdering ice cubes for profit. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there are people who just like the first Banjo Kazooie game, and then that's it. And, 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 like, they're huge, hardcore Banjo-Kazooie fans, but they're just fans of the first game. Um, and I, I can understand liking the first game the best. I like the first Banjo-Kazooie game the best. But I can't imagine that my fandom of, of that game would mean as much if I didn't have Tui as, as that sequel. Um, or or Grunty's Revenge as that mid-cool lore dump. 
or or Banjo Pilot, which you know had espresso in it. That was cool. Remember that? <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's interesting. That, that, that that's really interesting because, like, to me, um, I I have a lot of problems with Tui, but its tone was never was was never the issue to me. In fact, I think I was kind of in retrospect, and I really thought about this before. But like, I was a twelve year old when Banjo Tui came out. And so, you know, you're right on that precipice of being a teenager, and being a teenager makes you think that you're an adult. And so, you know, uh, Banjo-Kazooie's, like, more macabre tone and, like, l- like it- its usage of, like, innuendos made me feel very cool and grown up and mature. Oh, yeah. Uh, we gravitated to all that as well, because it was just kind of like, mm-hmm. see? See? They-, they talked about, you know, sex. This is, this is-, this is sophisticated. <laughs> The gradual death of cutesy games. <laughs> God, uh, <laughs> you know, now I appreciate all tones and, mm-hmm. and and honestly, because I come to video games as an escape from the horrors of the real world, I generally prefer a more lighter tone because it balances me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freezer says, for Heil's sake, I'll explain that the Sonic fan base hasn't evolved at all. <laughs> well, see, I wasn't going to make it that obvious. It's not that they haven't evolved. It's that the Sonic fan base has had a never-ending uh, cycle of like newcomers coming into the series and latching onto whatever Sonic happens to be in that specific moment and in that specific game, which changes a lot, and then getting mad a few years later when that changes. Uh, yeah, I, very I, I, broadly speaking, I don't, I don't want to go into that too much. I mean, that it's kind of to a smaller extent what Donkey Kong fans experienced with the push and pull of like the arcade era versus the country era back in yeah, that's true. The 2000s. It's just that that was made all the more confusing because of the buyout, because Donkey Kong didn't have a home studio, because they were trying everything at once. And it did feel like we were in a war for Donkey Kong's soul. And so it's knives out, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we've got, we've got to defend our positions and it seems so silly now, but at the time, no, at it the was time just... it made, to- it made total sense. Why DK vine would, would, why Donkey Kong fans specifically, not just DK vine, like would, would sort of end up in the position they were in because they were, they went from being, you know, I guess rares IPs in general, banjo, uh, Banjo and Donkey Kong most especially, went from being seen as, you know, first-tier Nintendo IPs, you know, worthy of being on the box of the console, (laughs) of Nintendo's uh, flagship console with the N64, to not even having a presence, like Banjo, Banjo, for instance, not even having a presence, no longer even being seen as a Nintendo IP. Yeah. uh, Just a few years later. Yeah. It it was just the the perfect just combination of events and circumstances to make a... I, I'm amazed we survived that period. I'm amazed we came out of it as better people, <laughs> just generally, with, with a more like sound perspective on fandom and, and what it means to be on the other end of games and, and like receiving them as consumers and enjoying them and discussing them in a way that doesn't completely derail your life or your mental health. Uh, because if you don't <laughs> enjoy something, just walk away from it. You don't have to remain in a fandom 
if it's bringing you this much negativity, if it's bringing you this much dourness in your life, life is too short. Move on. And exactly like I had a, you know, and I, I've like, that's sort of been rumbling around in my head for years now. I've sort of, I've, <laughs> I've been thinking about this stuff, but like, uh, I remember what a couple years ago, Crash Bandicoot four came out and that was the first direct sequel. There have been other crash games since they'd done a couple of other things and tried a couple of other things, but like, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a Crash Bandicoot fan. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't say I've ever been involved in the fandom. I enjoy playing the games, but it's it's far from being something that, like, I'm going to go on the internet and, you know, obsess over. But when Crash 4 came out, which to me was just this wonderful, wonderful game, I remember playing it, having a great time, which, thinking to myself, man, I wish we got, like, about a dozen more games like this every year like we used to. <laughs> but... From a distance, from a very safe distance, I could see the consternation and the turmoil that this game, which would would seem to be everything that they had ever wanted, caused within the Crash fandom. It's like they were having a very miserable time about it, it seemed like. There was lots of debates, there was lots of anger, there was lots of, of hand-wringing, and I, like I said, I didn't get too into it, but... Stuff like that reminds me a lot of, you know, what DK Vine was in the 2000s. And and to your point, like you said, if a fandom is making is making you enjoy the things that you like less, then yeah, there's nothing wrong with just saying, well, I'll think what I think about this. Like, this, this game exists, it's not going anywhere. Right. And just, you know, let, kind of letting it be, to use a Beatles reference. Yeah. One of the only ones that I can make. <laughs> I think think of it in the terms where any long-running series or franchise or shared universe, like a, a collection of franchises, anything that's been going on for longer than a decade is going to have messy entries. It's going to have games or or shows or movies that don't meet your standards for from when you got into that series. But I think that's part mm -hmm. of the charm of following anything with an unbroken streak of continuity is you will eventually have to account for some clunkers. You will have to account for something that's stupid, that's just mind-numbingly bad. And you <laughs> you know what? That's th There's great joy to be had in just taking the bad and kind of embracing it and making it part of your language as a fandom. Like, Donkey Konga 2. I hate that game, Josh. It, it's it's <laughs> such a bad game. And I have had nothing but misery playing it. But you know what? If somebody, if a genie came up to me and said, you know, I can just blink and make it so that game was never released, just completely removed from the timeline, I would not take them up on it. I was like, no, I want that in the timeline. Do you know how much like content I can mine out of Donkey Konga 2? Do you know how much I can <laughs> analyze that? Do you, do you realize that Donkey Konga 2 probably revisited the same worlds as Donkey Kong Land? It take The hub world takes place in Big Ape City, and we see the museum with all of the previous guardian stewards of the islands we see statues of them do you realize that there is a bridge dedicated to rattly the rattlesnake 
And then the genie would just get scared and walk away. But it's, <laughs> it, it is just like, you know what? Suck it up. So, you know, eventually a game will come back around that you will love. And you can look back at the games that didn't resonate with you and you can, you can, you can laugh about them and you can celebrate them in your own way. And then also, as we've talked about before, it's also a lot easier to appreciate things like that when you have something that works for you better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like I know you didn't really, like, most people in the community really didn't really give Jungle Beat much of a chance uh, until DKC Returns was at least announced. Because sure. now it's like, okay, okay, now now we can appreciate, now we can look at this for what it actually is. And, of course, Donkey Kong Country Returns... And not be worried about what it might represent. Of course, Donkey Kong Country Returns then didn't resonate with everybody in the community because it didn't have Kremlins. It only had Donkey, Diddy, Cranky, Rambi, and Squawks. And then we got Tropical Freeze, and here comes Dixie Kong, and, and Funky Kong's back, and we, we've got a little bit more fidelity to Rare's style of doing things, and David Wise is here for the soundtrack, and then... Uh, but 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 the Kremlins and then Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and King K. Rule is back and just you know, li- little steps here or there that heal with with each new entry heal heals the the wrongs of the past and it makes you more warmed up and receptive to those things you initially had issue with and we've been at this long enough where like I know like the next Donkey Kong game won't be a one to one perfect score of what I would want from a Donkey mm-hmm. Kong game. It's going to make decisions I'm going to disagree with. It, there's going to be a new mm-hmm. Professor Chops in there that I'm going to be like, I hate this. I, I really do hate this. <laughs> but I will keep it all into perspective and I will look at the passage of time, what came before, and use that to kind of balance myself out and be like, but you know what? This is a really fun game. It's a really fun Donkey Kong game. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure I can say that right now. I very much doubt it's going to be a bad game. And and then we just let the future unspool where it may. And also there's there is also value, I think, in being open-minded to some change, to some new ideas, yeah. to some uh, one one thing, and this might not make sense if you don't have the exact content context that I do. So, hi, Fraser. Um, hope you're still listening. Like one thing that that keeps coming to mind as I'm playing Sonic Superstars is that, like, you know, because there's lots and lots of comparisons to Sonic Mania, which came out six years ago. Um, and one thing that keeps coming to mind is it's like it feels to me like Sonic Mania six years ago was exactly the game that I wanted. But it feels like Sonic Superstars right now, which is more experimental and a, and a little a little less polished, admittedly, but it feels like the game that I needed. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. I mean, I, I can understand that from a more detached perspective. Mm-hmm. And the way, like, the, the, and what made me think of that was you saying, you know, this new Donkey Kong game isn't going to be exactly what you or I would have necessarily wanted out of a Donkey Kong game. It's not going to do exactly what we as fans would want it to do. But, like, I think sometimes there's value in 
you know, not just trying to not just trying to please like existing fans and being willing to take risks and try new ideas. Sure. A franchise has to continue to evolve and um, grow with the times. I think for Donkey Kong, it's hard. Donkey Kong fandom, it's hard just because we've Mm -hmm. had these constant attempts at reinvention every time a new studio takes over and new studios have taken over so much since rare was purchased by Microsoft and an event you want stability and you want the characters you love to have a shot at appearing and not just fall by the wayside because they were created by another studio. So, you know, it, it's a balance. It's, it's a delicate balancing act. It, in the chat, well, f- two things in the chat. First of all, Freezer says, Josh, I beat your sand sanctuary time. So sorry, Josh. <laughs> sorry. Good uh, job, Freezer. Uh, Sloth says, being a part of the DKU fandom for so long, it makes me realize how different the Crash and Spyro fandom must be. Are they even upset those two are at Xbox? Hmm. Might be the wrong people to ask there. <laughs> Probably. I mean, you know, Crash Bandicoot way, way back in the 90s was thought of as equivalent to the PlayStation, you know, what Sonic and Mario were to Sega and Nintendo, respectively. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a bit weird, but, like, at the same time, I guess it's been so long at this point. Like, I remember when... um. Wrath of Cortex showed up on the GameCube and the PS and, and the Xbox, and that was a little weird at the time. But at this point, I mean, it's 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 been so long. Do you remember when Royston showed up and grabbed by the Ghoulies? Man, what a trip! <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I you know I and I mean, I, I I've seen a little bit of hand wringing online just because of the historical precedent of what happens when. Xbox gets their hands on an IP. It's well, are they just yeah. gonna sit on it? As far as like Crash and Spyro go, yeah, yeah. Like, is this just gonna be another Banjo Kazooie where maybe you'll get a game eventually? But are are they just gonna just like put put the old games on their service and then call it a day? Like, what 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 are they gonna do now that they own it and and they own so much? That they're already not using. I mean, they've owned Bethesda for quite a while now. Where's the new Commander Keen? And not that mobile shit. I want a real new Commander Keen. I'll take... Uh, I'm just not... Commander Keen... I, yeah. <laughs> Commander Keen was a series of DOS uh, platformers in the ex- in the extremely early 90s. It was what id Software did before they figured out Wolfenstein 3D and then made Doom and uh, then yeah. they made Doom you, and then once they made Wolfenstein they never made another Commander Keen. You you've you've explained this to me before but I did not retain the knowledge. <laughs> That's okay. There's 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 not much to go on. Yeah, but you know like every every franchise eventually will run up against this. Like we as rare fans had to really deal with it earlier than everyone else. Uh, <laughs> and, and for the record, like I I've talked a little bit uh, poorly about like Microsoft owning these IPs on this episode. Uh, I, I've shown them the back of my hand a little bit than I usually do. I still maintain it was probably the best option out of all the options we could have had at the time because Nintendo wasn't going to buy them. 
and then it was going to be what Activision. Well, hey, haha, jokes on you. We would be in the exact same situation now. Uh, at the very least, we got over this. Bridge. We would be in a worse situation now if, if it had been Activision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would have to I go through some other stuff the, first. In the short term, like right coming right out of the buyout, I think Activision would have probably been better because Activision, if you look at their game release schedule in the sixth generation, they were. It was insane the amount of games they were pumping out. And if they had gotten rare, they probably would have put out a bunch of like games based on rare IPs for the short for the short term. But at this point, we would have spent bare minimum the, be- the better part of a decade with whatever was left of Rare being a glorified Call of Duty content farm. Exactly. So in the long run, Activision was would have been the worst choice. I mean, look what happened with Donkey Kong Freedom. We just we 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 yeah. just talked about this earlier this year. It actually happened in our neck of the woods. It just wasn't a publicized story. Uh, it was a DK Vine scoop, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, no, I'm, I'm more or less glad things shook out the way they did. Obviously, it, it would have been nice had things not been so confusing and messy, and it would be wonderful if I could play new Banjo Kazooie games with any sense of regularity. Like maybe one a decade would be good. Uh, I don't know, but yeah. uh, I'll, I will, I'll take that deal. I'll take that bargain. I'll take that Faustian deal with the devil where would where do i sign i don't i'll i'll, I'll take a new banjo game every decade it's bizarre how time works dude like um in my memory even to this day there is a bigger gap between banjo kazooie and banjo tooie than there is between banjo but, but then there is between nuts and bolts and now probably mm-hmm Yep. Like nuts and bolts, if I think about it from from like a certain perspective, still seems like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was that was, that wasn't that long ago. Right. Like I, I look at the like various epochs of, of the DKU and we talked about Donkey Kong Country to Donkey Kong sixty four. It seems like such this expansive stretch of time. It's five years. It's five years. Yep. Five, five years ago King K Rule got into Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but that's that's kid time for you, you know. Yeah, I miss it. I I really miss it. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe now that I'm on my own schedule, maybe now that DK is my full time job, I will go back to kid time because my my life will be well, a playground. Well, here's the thing, though. If we had got part of the reason for for that too, though, is that Nuts and Bolts was the most recent Banjo Kazooie game. Yeah. If we had gotten, say, I don't know. Six, say six or seven sequels in between Nuts and Bolts and now, whatever they were, then I don't think Nuts and Bolts would seem as relatively recent to me as it does. You're, you're right there. You're right there. It's it's the the sheer glut of product definitely makes time feel longer when you are subsiding on the same thing for any long time. Like Tropical yeah. Freeze being 10 years old this February, when it seems like it came out yesterday... It only feels like it came out yesterday because it's the most recent uh, mainline new Donkey Kong game. So, like to to sort of zoom out, like zoom out on this a little bit. You know, people always say that 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 bit of I, I guess common wisdom that time seems to speed up as you get older because like each year lat like takes up less. 
of like your total lifetime. But what I find more often is that like the time that seems like it takes a long time to me, like the like the the years that seem really long are the years in which a lot of things change. Yes, for for sure, for sure. At least for me. I, I'm, I'm not saying that's not a factor, too, because, like, people tend to change a little less as they get older. But, but yeah, it's, like, the... So, sort of the, sort of related to the Banjo-Kazooie thing. It's, like... That's the reason why it would seem... <laughs> it would seem like it took a longer time if it if 2008 wasn't the last new Banjo release. Because we would, we would we could see well nuts and bolts was this and then the sequel to that was this and then we we could we we would have more of a concept to like chart it with I guess. Oh boy. Well, look, I I, I think to to start summing everything up, th- this is why I feel like DK Vine has a role to play as as a a voice to add to the ever like widening gulf of cacophony uh, of internet voices <laughs> just just because we do have something unique to to add to the discourse and i really do feel like this fandom needs a champion and and if it has to be us so be it but you know over the next week Couple uh, of weeks. We're not heroes. No, we're not. We're not. But if no. you want to call us that, <laughs> over over the next few weeks and and months going forward, as we continue to expand, like like the like the like the penis joke on the Donkey Kong, uh, stay tuned. We're we're going to have lots of new things coming your way, and you know everybody has been very kind. Since I've announced this, everybody has, you know, congratulated me and sent well wishes and been very warm. And I do thank you. I do appreciate that. But I want this to be a a victory for all of us because I do feel like this fandom, whether you want to parse that out as DKU, as as rare, as some, some combination thereof, Donkey Kong... I feel like it is, in any way you you slice through it, one of the most underserved, neglected fandoms in all of gaming. Like we're not not we're barely considered by a lot of mainstream outlets, and you know not to take away from all of the other great content creators, as I said, all the other fan sites out there. I think just the sheer number of years DK Vine has been at this, the, the the passion of those who work for the site, and my own stubborn refusal to ever quit, I feel like we have the infrastructure already in place to really take things to the next level, if anybody's going to do it, and be the best possible resource and online home for those who are fans of Donkey Kong, Banjo-Kazooie, Conquer, Dinosaur Planet, uh, Grab by the Ghoulies, uh, Saber Wolf, Saber, Saber Wolf, Wolf. Saber Wolf. Yep. <laughs> it's Mr. Pants, Viva Pinata, two out of the three Connect Sports games. 
uh, uh of course see sonic if, and sega all-stars racing with banjo kazooie yeah the, the cameo games for sure sea of thieves <laughs> ukulele because you know yes yes there are far more serious and important things going on in the world than making sure donkey kong games are getting their just due on the internet i'm not keeping things out of perspective i'm not you know skewing what really matters but look at the end of the day everybody needs an escape sometimes you know every everybody needs to be able to unplug from the serious shit that's happening all around the world and just find time to frolic in the frivolous fields of fandom it's just good for your mental health sometimes and I will do my best to provide that for you in this new era of DKVI. Well, congratulations, Hyle. Yeah, now you better get back to it because Freezer just beat your score. This has been a File 2 production. Terrico. Did you start playing wanna... Sonic Superstars when we started and did you beat it at the end of the episode? As we as we finished, yeah, right. Holy shortly shit. before the end of the episode. Holy shit!